0: Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect.
1: David has spent over 15 years training intensely with teachers in Tantra, alchemy, mystery schools, and traditional shamanism. In his recent years, he's begun leading groups that deal with cultivating an authentic spiritual practice and has worked one-on-one with clients and publishing material for those interested in finding their true purpose. In surrendering to the process of the divine evolution, he has found his calling and service to others. He has studied history from a spiritual perspective to gain a firm grasp on the ailments that affect people On a deep and fundamental level and holds a deep and profound vision of humanity's potential in his research he's come to realize that the unfolding of creation follows certain laws and that our origin and future can be found through working through these laws throughout his life he's endured powerful initiatory experiences that made him realize his own spiritual legacy and enabled him to help others find their own potential in drawing upon detailed natal astrology numerology tarot and combining them with psychic intuitive insights gleaned from the Akashic field, David has created a powerful method of divine life purpose for his clients, and today we explain the depth about tarot. Please welcome David to the show.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you very much. (laughs) It's a pleasure to be on.
2: Um, David is a really, really cool person and I'm really excited because today we are talking about tarot or tarot. How do you say it?
3: It can be said either way, it depends on what culture you're from, I guess.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we're gonna get like right into this. Like I don't know a ton about tarot. Um, I read energy oracle cards and more from the energy perspective. I've had a couple of tarot readings um that have been uh, okay, say the least, but um I've always gotten uh like almost like a reading from other people that have said they are Predictive, or you know, things that sometimes they have like uh, cautionary tales involved in them and things like that. And uh, I would love for you to clear up the misconceptions that people might have about tarot and why they might be fearful of getting readings and things like that. But first, let's start with the brass bones of it, the bare bones of it. (laughs) Um, What is the origin of tarot?
3: Well, in the Western mysteries, there seems to be a common source that arose out of the Middle East and Egypt. Mm -hmm. And that common source um, branched out over time into many of the different wisdom traditions and modalities that we know of. Uh, Tarot is one of them. Mm -hmm. The Kabbalah is another one. Uh, Freemasonry in its earlier forms, definitely the same thing. Hermeticism, Ah. Rosicrucianism. These are all the mysteries of the West. Mm -hmm. Um, Tarot itself... Um, Basically, it contains a lot of the imagery and the Mm -hmm. way that energy works. It's linked with astrology, which is ancient. Mm -hmm. In fact, tarot led me to study astrology as well. Really what it does is it captures the essence of Kabbalah and the old mysteries in a way that can be used for divination purposes and for self-study. So the actual historical origins are fairly vague, but the imagery is very much in alignment with that. It's mm-hmm. said, uh, dating back to medieval Egypt, so somewhere around the 12th century, mm-hmm. um, when knowledge began to spread from Egypt up through North Africa into Spain and into Western Europe, it mm-hmm. came up through sort of the migration of the Moorish people through Spain, mm-hmm. and they brought a lot of mysticism. You know, they brought the, the, the Kabbalistic wisdom up through that route
2: can you define kabbalah
3: kabbalah is one of those mysterious things that cannot be defined okay. really but kabbalah is <laughs> essentially our listeners,
4: we'll break it down. <laughs> okay
3: it's it's the it's a school of jewish mysticism essentially uh-huh. but it's really how the matrix works okay it's an ancient system of how the matrix works and it's sort of a direct line with god as they say okay and um it's it's the origins are biblical mm-hmm but it's a different take on a lot of the biblical myths because it has the deeper spiritual significance entwined okay. with it. Cool. Um, so the other route it took was it came back with the Knights Templar. When mm-hmm. the Knights Templar went on their crusades, they brought a whole bunch of wisdom back,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, and they were interacting with the Sufis and the mystery what schools. Are the, Sufis? the Sufis, mystic Islam. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they were interacting with the mystery schools that were happening in the Middle East at the time. Mm-hmm. And so many of them actually saw the trove of wisdom and they brought it back. Mm -hmm. So sometime in the Middle Ages, it came back and it came up into Europe. Its um, early origins, like I said, were somewhere in Egypt and it was a card game. And so it it was then played through the Middle Ages into the Renaissance in card parlors. Mm -hmm. So people were basically playing it like a card game. Uh And funny enough, the minor arcana is exactly what we use for our playing cards today.
2: The minor
4: arcana. There's
3: two parts to the tarot.
4: Uh-huh.
3: The minor and the major arcana.
4: Okay.
3: The major arcana defines the, how energy travels.
4: Okay. It's
3: basically one spiritual progression. The minor arcana are um, ace through ten and the court cards.
2: Oh. You know, my yeah. grandma used to play with those as a means of kind exactly. of like a tarot, but we didn't would not understand it. I didn't connect with us there.
3: I've seen really, really cool readers uh-huh. just use playing cards. Wow. Yeah, okay. like super psychic readers. I was in Sedona, Arizona, and one woman, she asked me what deck I want, and I drew a blank, and she puts out playing cards, and she's giving me an amazing reading of wow. playing cards. Um, but the four suits that we use in playing cards are yeah. based on the four elements.
4: Oh, I didn't based, know that. Yeah, because okay.
3: they're based on tarot.
4: Uh-huh.
3: So tarot, the spade is the sword. Uh-huh. The sword is air. Okay. The um the heart uh-huh. in playing cards is the wands, which is fire. Okay. This is important because uh-huh. it, it, it tells a lot about energetic processes. Okay. The um. Not so diamonds. I'm There's diamonds. Are the pentacles? Uh-huh. Are the element of earth? And then the clubs are the cups, which is the element of water.
4: Okay. Also
3: oh. too. This relates to astrology, because mm-hmm. in astrology, we have three earth signs, mm-hmm. three water signs, three air signs, three fire signs. I like this deck because it actually has the astrological, uh, I'm using the hermetic deck, by the way. Mm-hmm. It actually has the astrological inscriptions on it. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Yeah, I
3: see that. But when you learn more about the link between astrology and tarot, you can actually just lay them out, and you know that. So mm-hmm. the psychics that use playing cards, mm-hmm. they can within a playing card, they can see the tarot meaning, the occult um, esoteric meaning and the astrology meaning and it's, it's just wild just because they get so used to that yeah mm-hmm. that's dope so um basically in the renaissance it was being played in card parlors mm-hmm. now the other side too this is the part that's um we don't really know about because of course it was in the mystery schools mm-hmm. but we don't really know what was basically evolving through the mystery schools mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of sort of mystique around the tarot uh, except in the 19th century in France, there was something called the Marseille, the Tarot of Marseille, mm-hmm. which became very popular. And again, it was still used for cards, but it also started to play into the Victorian era divination, the oracles. Mm-hmm. Now, the modern Tarot that everybody sees was established in 1909 by Edward Arthur Waite mm-hmm. and Pamela Coleman Smith through the Ryder Publishing Company. Okay. So, Mister Waite, it's called the Rider Rider Waite deck. Uh-huh. Mr. Waite was an occultist in the Order of the Golden Dawn. What's that? Uh, it's one of those secret, uh, stuffy mystery schools. Okay. Do you know who Aleister Crowley is by chance? No. Okay, he was a fairly infamous character, but he came up out of the Order of the Golden Dawn.
2: This is, like, way over my head. Okay,
3: okay. okay. (laughs) You've got to break it down. We'll break it down a little more. So, basically, around the turn of the century, there was still kind of secret societies. Yeah. People that held the teachings of the West in Mm -hmm. them. And so they had really fancy names. Yeah. And basically, they were all mysterious, and they did uh, their rituals and stuff together. But they understood the deeper spiritual significance to life, Mm -hmm. a lot of the imagery in it. They understood the old temple practices that dated back to the ancient world. Mm -hmm. So he worked very carefully to establish these into the modern tarot. Mm -hmm. So the Rider-Waite deck is the most widely used because it maintains sort of this esoteric symbolism. Mm -hmm. And when you start to study it, you see how detailed the cards are. It's a thing where you look at one of these cards, not this deck here, but sometimes you see things like the foot placement—one foot's on water, one foot's on earth. So there's a significance to that. Very
4: specific. Very
3: specific. Although, when you're looking at it as a reader, mm-hmm. and you have some sort of psychic intuition, something will jump out at you. Mm-hmm. So it's generally something in there, but there's just a lot to catch up on.
4: Yeah. You
3: know, there's a lot to pick from, a lot to jump out at you. Yeah. So every single card has layers upon layers upon layers of significance to it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so you have to be an intuitive
3: to read them. I would say it would make one an intuitive in the deeper study. Okay. Because people that are not intuitive are generally too much in their heads. Mm -hmm. But the study of tarot, because it has its origins in mystic Mm -hmm. traditions, and it is essentially a a way of understanding life and the processes that work on a bigger scale, it would lead one to become more intuitive. Mm. Okay. I've met a lot of people. I have met a lot of people, though. That they're scared of being using it for divination purposes because mm-hmm. they don't trust themselves. They're mm-hmm. in their head, so they used just they just kind of study sort of the the meaning of it all. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, it's always been about the fun and divination. Yeah, that's always been what I've been drawn to in tarot.
2: So this is the like I was always curious about why and and the origin of it. They would choose cards as a way as a means of divination. Um, the process of playing and saying okay by the choice of this card i'm going to be able to tell you something about your life and Mm -hmm. in the choosing of the card like i mean because i read the oracle cards so it's just like something just feel like which one you're you're shuffling or whatever and you're like this card and you can see that there's meaning that draws a a safe conclusion to what that person is going in their life Mm -hmm. um but these are very specific like you guys can't see this but the deck that he has these cards are just absolutely fucking beautiful and they have so many details on them. So to be able to read them and study them in order to give someone a reading, mm-hmm. right? Or do you read yourself with them?
3: I do. I read for myself as well.
2: What's uh, that like?
3: That is difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very difficult. You must know being a medium. It's like, yeah. well, I've got an emotional filter here. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Lots of projection there. Exactly. Um, so I didn't mean to cut you off about the no history. Worries. But mm-hmm. like keep going with that.
3: Sure. So around the time the initial deck was started, the Rider-Waite deck. These are the ones, the kind of old-timey colored pictures Mm -hmm. that you see. Almost everybody knows that deck that reads tarot. Yeah. Um, There was another branch off that Aleister Crowley did. And Aleister Crowley was a, um, he was known as the Beast because he was, in Victoria, England, he was doing all these sex magic practices and stuff. (laughs) And he started the um, Order Templari Orientalis, which okay. is a magic school, a sex magic school. Okay. Really? Not in those, like <laughs> nowadays, talkers everywhere. But like, in those days, it was just completely um, off the charts. Unheard off, of. Unheard of, yeah. uh, out of bounds kind of thing. Yeah. He established his own deck, uh, and it's called the Thoth Tarot.
4: Mm, yeah, heard of that. Okay, yeah. heard of the
3: Thoth Tarot. Mm-hmm. That's a super cool deck. Harder to read, though.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: More astrologies linked to the Thoth deck. This is the Hermetic deck. It's about halfway between the Thoth deck and the Rider-Waite deck.
2: Isn't Thoth uh, an entity? that it come it's, down? Or?
3: It's an Egyptian god. Mm-hmm. It's related to Hermes, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Thoth is sort of the messenger. So Thoth basically, um, around that time, he was coming and people were channeling Thoth.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and, and Thoth was actually giving them works to channel. Mm-hmm. So one of those was the Kybalion. Which is a book on the Hermetic principles, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it was ancient wisdom from Egypt that was just translated into a little book on spiritual law, natural mm-hmm. law. But it came through the the entity of Thoth. And Thoth is sort of this bird-like right. Egyptian deity, yeah. messenger of the gods. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Was he around the same time as Ra? Yeah, they all were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I talk a lot about on this uh, about the Law of One, mm-hmm. and I have all the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting through them right now, but yeah. Anyway, okay, back to what you were saying. So interesting, guys. <laughs>
3: Um, so one thing that happened was in the 1930s, there was a great depression Mm -hmm. in North America. And so the companies that were printing the Rider Waite deck at that time actually started to be a little bit cheap on the coloring. Mm -hmm. So the colors got all faded. Mm -hmm. So everybody after that, when, when things started to pick up in the forties again, they were using these really faded cards. Mm -hmm. So in the 1960s, there's a fellow really obscure guy in Hollywood, California named Frankie Albano. Mm -hmm. Frankie Albano was a bit of a recluse, but the one thing that he contributed to Tarot is he went, he took the Rider Waite deck, he spent three years in seclusion, restoring the old colors. Wow. Now, I had a, um, I was uh, working with a a spiritual teacher that lived, he was actually Jim Morrison from The Doors' Next Door Neighbor.
4: Oh, wow. Another guy,
3: yeah. In the (laughs) 60s, he was in the psychedelic supermarket in LA, and um, he knew Frankie Albano personally. Mm -hmm. And so I was telling him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to get a deck. And he's like, hey, don't get the Rider Waite deck, kid. He was from New York. Yeah. <laughs> Jewish guy from New York. He's like, you got to get the Albano weight deck. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because they restored the original esoteric coloring. And sure enough, there is it's a subtle difference. Yeah. But that coloring allows it to pop up. It hits mm-hmm. the subconscious mind in a way that allows you to go deeper. Okay. So it, it's sort of a, it's you know a way of being specific, mm-hmm. but it's a specific way that allows – the intuitive mind to work much better. It's
2: better uh, signaling for the yeah. brain.
3: So Albano weight deck mm-hmm. is really the superior one because of the, what happened during the thirties with the Bible weight deck. Wow. Nowadays, we have the cat tarot, we have the fairy tarot, we yeah. have tarot, tarot, tarot. There's probably, I think there's a website that had 5,000 tarot decks wow. on it. So people are just basically taking the tarot as a template and creating their own decks. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't know what we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> So, like anything, um, take any of these decks with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, I would say, for me, I've always stayed closer to the classical decks. Mm-hmm. The one one really beautiful deck called the Millennial Thought, mm-hmm. where somebody took the Thought deck, and they made this hyper-colored futuristic imagery, and it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's just, it blows my mind at how beautiful it is. Yeah. And so I, I do use that one. It's a, it's a very modern deck, but mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. For me, the most important thing in there is having the deeper esoteric symbolism, because mm-hmm. it allows you, you can meet at a superficial level in somebody's life, like you're holding on to too many resources, or you can see the deeper spiritual significance. Okay. So there's layers upon layers upon layers. Can you I,
2: categorize those layers? Not really. Okay.
3: I I, I can't, yeah. because it's all about a person's energy when I'm doing a reading. Okay. I'm actually very sensitive to that in a way that I'm not even um i'm conscious of but i'm not able to really like it's like if i feel somebody has a spiritual depth i will Mm -hmm. go as deep as i can with the reading yeah if somebody's very superficial the words and the impressions that come into my my mind stay very much on the surface so you speak their language i speak their language exactly
2: i'm just curious like because um for people who might be interested in in tarot like the process of learning how to read them if if there are categories like there's the zodiac category and there's the I don't know what other categories it might've been, but, um, so for yourself, let's talk about you personally, cause we got a lot of history and that's cool, mm-hmm. but like, what was part of your journey that got you to a place that you like, why did this fascinate you? Had you had a reading and it was like, Oh wow. Like, is this a part of your family? Like give mm-hmm. me some, some depth here.
3: Well, for me, when I was 17, I actually had a near death experience. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I was kind of exposed to the elements for a prolonged period of time. Uh, and Do you went, want to tell the story? It's it's a pretty crazy long story. Okay. So I'll, I'll just say I had hypothermia Okay. and basically had a very intense vision during that time and came out of it and I was changed. At the age of 17, I grew up in a suburban kind of community. There wasn't really anything to plug into. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, a year and a half later, I met a friend who had been very much into spirituality. Mm-hmm. So I took to it quickly. And then from there... I met a girlfriend, I was into spirituality, and I just sought out, you know, spiritual weirdos. At the age of 20, there weren't many of them, though. Yeah. You know, I did, it's not like today where, you know, I think because of the, the evolution of the internet, people can connect easier. In those days, it was sort of like, wow, there's one guy out there that's heard of, like, you know, the Celestine prophecy. <laughs>
2: i <I've> read <laughs> that book. Wait, <laughs> how, how old are you? I'm 36. Dude, I'm 35. You said old days. <laughs> <laughs> At least, you know, it's
3: you in my hologram. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. But I, I understand what you mean completely. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so when when I was in my early twenties I started to get into that. I started mm-hmm. to work with astrologers and uh tarot readers and it was about ten years ago I was making a light, a big life decision and I went to a really good tarot reader mm-hmm. and they basically just explained the energy of the two paths, the fork in the road that I was at. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with me. Yeah. The decision.
4: Yeah. I, I,
3: in those days I was actually um not doing so well financially. So I yeah. took the decision that led to a better more prosperous financial outcome, yeah. but I neglected something of my essence. Mm. And so it was a couple years later after that that I looked back and I always thought back to that reading. And then I started to get more and more involved with people. And I love the imagery. It's very medieval. Yeah. It's very sort of old-timey. And I'm into that. Yeah. You know, like Name my website, The Blade and Chalice. Yeah. I like that. I like the, um, the lineage uh-huh. of something that's full, but carried and synthesized for the modern era.
2: Do you have any past lives connected to that era? Uh, tons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
3: it, doing the Akashic readings, mm-hmm. that's the reason why I do that. It's like, because that's another By thing By the too. way,
2: guys, he can read Akashic readings. He's also in numerology and astrology. This is like a uh, full deck here <laughs> we've got. I,
3: and I want to say I, I do all of those not as a big um, smorgasbord, but like I do them because they're all related. Yes. And they all work very well together. Yes. Um But anyway, with the Akashic readings, I learned I had a lot of past life energy in the Middle Ages Mm -hmm. and then dating back further to that. And, you know, I used that information to basically expand my footprint Mm -hmm. and to basically heal those parts of me because I never really felt in place in this era. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why am I here? I've got all this energy from the Middle Ages and from the old mystery schools and that. Even as
4: a kid. Yeah. I
3: couldn't figure out, like, where is this coming from? Everybody was into sports and they're into, like you know, pop music and stuff. And here I am, like, listening to Gregorian chants and, like, (laughs) you're playing medieval video games. Like, what the heck's going on? Um, So later when I did that, and now, actually, I healed a lot of that energy so I can actually be present in this world. Yeah, But there's still an essence of it that gets carried forth, and there's still elements of my character mm-hmm. that I love to bring out yeah. from that yeah in a very kind of grandiose way
2: yeah, I know you kind of got this renaissance vibe to you anyway yeah and the hair and everything in <laughs> the best way <laughs> <laughs> awesome so like okay in the way that it works for you or the way that it works for many people um if you can give our listeners some insight to how does how do the the symbol like the symbols work like how does it equate to your intuition or to astrology uh this is probably a very vague question (laughs) Mm. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: but in like if other people are trying to learn how to do this or if there are people out there there are a lot of charlatans out there that are just like that don't know how to read at all and are giving really bad advice
3: i think even people because i have a lot of friends now that know i read tarot Mm -hmm. and they hang out with me and they're at my house and they pick up the deck and they start pulling cards Mm -hmm. and they'll just pull a card whoa the six of swords and they'll look at that and they'll just be like what is that and then they're like wow there's hands around the swords and it's like it's an earned success it's the lord of earned success the astrology there is mercury in aquarius Mm -hmm. now mercury likes to be in aquarius because it gets very fast downloads Mm -hmm. very fast way of um, applying the intellectual mind so um the thing is is people can just look at the symbolism and mm-hmm. just sort of imagine what it means i mean if somebody pulled the death card yes. which has a picture of a skeleton a scorpion a phoenix you know there's a lot sight going on there's there. a lot going on there and the uh, astrology symbol of scorpio uh-huh. but the big thing to look at here is there's the death of whatever it is all yes. things come to an end, but there's a rebirth in the death, mm-hmm. in the letting go process. Mm-hmm. Scorpio's energy is very transformative. Scorpio goes to the depths. There's nothing that'll freak Scorpio out. Mm-hmm. So you know, Scorpio is sort of like the the, the the biker with the you know skulls and fire tattoos, <laughs> and you know, like really kind of hard looking. And then all of a sudden, opens his mouth and just wisdom pours out.
2: <laughs> On the death card, it also says, "Child of the Great Transformers." Yes. So meaning like everything comes to an end but you end up having that rebirth.
3: Mm-hmm. When, you know, the, the imagery is scary. Um, and I, I actually would never use that card as a cautionary card. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just find the beauty of letting go of the thing that needs to come to an end in your life. Mm. That's how I would read it for somebody.
4: Mm-hmm. Because
3: there's a new beginning energetically that's trying to come through for them.
2: What are some other cards? Now you've pulled out, If you guys can't see this, but um, out of the whole deck, you've pulled out how many cards?
3: Okay, i Is pulled out the Major Arcana, uh-huh. and I've laid it out here, because I wanted to talk a little bit about that at some point. Yes, let's do that. The, so, you were asking earlier about how do you want to go about learning it? Mm-hmm. So, the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana are separate mm-hmm. in the way that you learn them. Okay. that's It's important. The Major Arcana can be studied as a progression of energy. You start with the card The Fool, The mm-hmm. Foolish Man. The Foolish Man is basically a a person of the Earth, kind of unconscious. You know, beast down there, he's got a rose. You know, well-intentioned. It's usually like a a nescient person that's about to basically take a dive into the unknown. The ruling planet here is Pluto. Pluto, in astrology, is transformation in a very crazy way. It's transmutation. It's Ah. metamorphosis. It's a chemical change where thing A has no resemblance to thing B so when you take that step of the foolish man into the unknown there is no coming back okay you will be changed permanently <laughs> and so we view this as the fool's journey from a foolish a foolish soul to becoming one with the universe
2: okay so he just pulled up the last card and it's going through the journey of these, right? Yes, okay.
3: exactly. So that's what it is. It's basically the return of a nescient soul to source. Um, what is nescient? Um, it's naive in a very good way. It, it, what, naive, <laughs> naive naive like big bright eyed, okay. you know, like,
4: oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> a toddler.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, it's like it's real innocent, sort of not knowing. It's not like ignorant, that's yeah. a more willful thing. Um, but anyway. So in the Fool's progression, the minute, and this is, this is actually very true of the way that things unfold, If you see seven is here, like the mm-hmm. seven chakras, and it's in three layers, mm-hmm. which I like to say is the body, mind, spirit layer. That's okay. what it is. So it's basically ascending the seven chakras for the body layer, the mind layer, and the spirit layer. Okay. So sometimes this can happen concurrently. It's not necessarily, you know, going from this to here. Right. Because... We might Sorry, we have to
2: just explain, like, because people are listening. Oh yeah, he set up in, them up in rows, and we have seven across, and then three down. Exactly. And so there's what twenty one? What is it?
3: 21 I mean, 22, 22 the, with the, the fool. The fool. Yeah, the
2: fool. <laughs> um, and so they don't go concurrently by row, essentially.
3: You're no, saying? No, okay. exactly. So I would recommend people if they're starting and they get a tarot deck, they lay out the major arcana mm-hmm. so that they can have a fun little trip, and they can basically do this themselves. They can watch YouTube videos on it. They can read anywhere on the internet because there's so many readers that tell this beautiful story. So I'm going to tell you a story through the cards. Awesome. Okay. So there is a fool and the fool knows that there's a light out there. There's a light of illumination, a light of knowledge, a light of reconnection with oneness. Mm -hmm. But the fool has lived in a world that is largely unconscious and has accrued many unconscious tendencies along the way and knows little about how the universe really works. So the fool takes a step into the unknown because an opportunity presents itself to the fool. And the first individual the fool meets on the journey is the magician. The magician is ruled by Mercury. Mm -hmm. And Mercury is the understanding, Mercury is the alchemist. Mercury is um, how to apply ritual in a very logical way. It's basically gathering the ingredients. The magician is the one who takes the four elements and shapes them however. The magician so chooses. Now, if you do that and you have fun playing with things and shaping them, you can be very powerful, but there's no guiding ethic or morality. So the magician can get himself into trouble. Mm -hmm. Which is why the fool moves on and meets the high priestess. And the high priestess symbolizes the depth of feminine wisdom, the depth of the intuition. She sits between the two pillars of Jekin and Boaz, which date back to Solomon's temple, Mm -hmm. which basically are the pillars of the masculine and feminine. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And in alchemy, one pillar goes from uh, earth to water, Mm -hmm. and then the other pillar goes from air to fire. Mm -hmm. So the actual changing of the elements through that process. So the high priestess imbues the fool with lore. And the synthesis of being able to play with the elements and having wisdom leads him to the empress. Mm-hmm. And so the empress is the symbolism of fertility, of abundance, of beauty, of joy, and of motherly wisdom. So it's really about the application of the magician through the lens of the high priestess. Okay. And the next on his journey is that of the emperor. The emperor builds structure the emperor builds the empire so that the empress can basically have that abundance. The problem with the emperor is he's too rigid and he's too forceful. And he's ruled by Aries, and Aries is the ram that just goes in one direction, doesn't stop.
2: <laughs> I have Aries moon, so I understand.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Ares, when I mean spiritual Aries, they're always the most wonderful people. It's the unconscious Aries that get out of the way. <laughs> Um, An interesting thing is after the emperor, there's sort of a union of the two. Is the hierophant, and so the hierophant's a lot like the emperor with the spiritual vibe.
4: Okay. So he's
3: kind of like, um, like a pope-like character, um, but you know, not religious necessarily. But he's like the ordering of spirituality, mm-hmm. the structuring of that, the use of uh, spiritual truths and knowledge to um, basically rule over one's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know. This is a, there's no actual association with gender here because it could be, you know, if I pulled the Hierophant for a woman, I mean, the Hierophant could be her energy too. Yeah. Is, you know, channeling her spirituality and using that to shape her life. Yeah. Um, of course, after that, at some point, there's got to be love here. So it's actually the fool finds himself uh, at the, basically the lovers, so the true polarity of masculine and feminine. And that's where he comes to understand those forces and the way that they work in himself, mm-hmm. in a grounded, practical way, but also in a way that is divine and transcendental in nature. And uh, finally, this this one—the meaning of this—is a little bit uh, obscure. But it's the chariot. Mm-hmm. What the chariot is? It's ruled by Cancer. Cancer is the crab in astrology, also the mother,
2: my son's sign. Also okay. <laughs>
3: also the deep feminine quality. Uh-huh. Uh, the beauty of Cancer, though is uh, cancer is extremely intuitive and creates a safe space for the crab to retreat into. The crab is soft. The shell is hard. The pincers are hard. So it's sort of basically creating boundaries ah. and creating, but at the same time relying on that, in, um, that intuition. Mm-hmm. So there's basically a, a container that's protected and safe for the intuition to thrive. Wow. Ah. Yeah, so that's like I
4: like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And,
3: you know, um, in, in astrology, one, one typical thing when I when I do readings for people is, you know, when I work with a lot of people that have cancer energy, yeah. you know, they they find if they haven't harmonized that energy, they usually have boundary issues. Yeah. If yeah. they have, they're usually freaking wise and they just like listen to themselves and their life is good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I've just learned those boundaries.
3: <laughs> I think we're all working on boundaries. <laughs> So that's the first layer. Those are the first seven cards of our journey. Uh Now we're going to move into the layer of the mind. This is like a very physical transformation. This is a mental transformation.
2: So the first layer, there there was a physical, the second
3: one is the mental. And we start at fortitude. Okay. And fortitude is basically learning how to hold one's higher desires over their lower ones, over their animalistic nature. Okay. So you see the lion is tamed and Mm -hmm. it's done in a very feminine way. Mm -hmm. We don't wrestle with the lion, but we tame the lion. So we... It's like Joan of Arc. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's this this graceful woman and she's got the lion. The lion's happy and, you know, she's got sort of this chalice of fire. So she could beat the lion down if she wanted (laughs) to. She
4: doesn't have to. She's
3: smarter than that. Of course, it's ruled by Leo.
4: Um...
3: And the next stage in this is uh, the hermit. Mm -hmm. So, once we've sort of got those lower desires tamed, we can then go into retreat and solitude. And we can cut our tethers off with all the other things to actually reflect on who we are, to actually get the gem of wisdom by going deep within to a quiet place. And so, when I pull the hermit for people, you know, it's usually their need to go into seclusion for a bit, or at least to go into their own space introspection. Introspection, Mm -hmm. exactly. The next one is karma, the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And this is understanding that everything has time and place. Timing is important. Understanding that some, you can see here, no, not on this deck actually. On other ones you can, but um, on some decks they have, you know, there's the Sphinx at the top, mm-hmm. and then there's sort of a, a crocodile descending and a monkey climbing. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the monkey climbs the Wheel of Fortune. To be at the top for a limited period of time and then the crocodile sort of descends the wheel of fortune. Is it? So. I
2: love that you can hear the geckos. <laughs> Gecko! <laughs> Gecko! <laughs> Sorry. So is there any symbolism with the crocodile and the monkey?
3: Um, yeah, sort of the symbolism there is that the, the monkey is, I, I, I link it to the three forces in, in Hinduism. Mm, okay. You know, there's the, um, the, the saintly force is at the top of uh-huh. these things. The monkey is the rajas, the the one who's moving in motion, mm-hmm. and the tamas is the crocodile. <laughs> Thomas is dark and heavy and raw. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, uh, inert is 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 the proper word there. So those that are inert, when the times change, they descend with it. Okay. You know, so we, one has to be flexible, and you see that all the time. There was a rightful time for. You know a lot of the things that persist today, but they just persist too long, and now mm-hmm. they're completely not right for the time. Yeah, you yeah, know? you know, like yeah. uh, some of the
2: reptilian paradigm. <laughs> really out of that. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, like even our parents' generation, let's say, mm-hmm. like the baby boomers, like for them to go to school, get a job, and stay in your career your whole life—that was rightful for them. Yeah, because that's what worked then. That does not work <laughs> no. now, not at no. all. And if we do that and apply that to her, paradigm we'll be in a very sorry state of affairs student debt (laughs) (laughs) the next card is justice and so justice is the great karmic equalizer Mm -hmm. but there's also a beauty to justice as well Uh, it's saturn in libra with venus and venus Mm -hmm. is at home in libra and saturn does quite well in libra because libra kind of like mellows saturn out a bit Mm -hmm. saturn can be very hard very like coldly making you learn the lessons like an old fatherly figure but here in libra mellowed out a bit so it's basically like you learn the lesson but you learn the lesson in a very graceful way
2: is that why they call it saturn's return like Saturn return like learning all this, this like big lesson of your
4: life or something. yeah
3: that's why they call it saturn it usually happens around the age of 30. 30 yeah. it's sort of like and whatever doesn't happen in that first 30 years obviously then gets brought into the next 30 yeah. but usually for people it becomes glaringly obvious around that time in their life what they need to work on mm-hmm. and that's why people's 30s generally have more they have more insight into their lives yeah. yeah but that's that's getting more into astrology yeah so the hanged man this is a very interesting one because mm-hmm. it's an upside down man hanging there and so what it's a way of doing is that one one learns of their karma and that they will then choose to take some sort of a prostration. The hanging man isn't in pain. He's not being hanged. Mm-hmm. He's hanging himself. Okay. And he's kind of like the hermit mixed with like a bit of like BDSM. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he has
2: a very fit ass and he's got the Star of David on his butt. Yeah. <laughs> nice tattoo.
3: But he uh, he basically is, is one willfully, like I think in, in Christianity, they do, you know, they do the thing and they're whipping their back. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just like, no,
2: that's um, in Orthodox. Um, Orthodox, yeah. What is it? Uh, Hasidic.
3: Is it? Oh, yeah. right.
2: They whip themselves. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So that kind of energy, mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, that's, I would never do that. Yeah. But that kind of energy, or like uh, Native American spirit dances, mm-hmm. or, or, or sun dances, sorry, uh-huh. where they go and they hook themselves in. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. like It's, it's really gnarly yeah. stuff, but it's a spiritual sort of release in a way. So it's a way of sort of exercising one's demon through uh, an intense physical prostration. Wow. You know, you also hear about that in the East, they have the fakirs. Uh, in in middle in the Middle oh, East, yeah, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. in India, where people yeah. would hold their arm up for sixty years to find God. That just sounds. I know, right I know. That. I mean, for <laughs> us, for us, we're like no I, offense,
2: I, sorry. Like for
3: me, I'm like I'm gonna go half a day drinking juice, and not eating food. That's my forgiveness.
2: <laughs> we were in Dara, and they were holding our hands up, doing the like prayer to the east, the west, or whatever. And I was like, my arms are tight. I know. <laughs> just put them down. Not for sixty goddamn years. Damn.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. But eventually, what the, what you arrive at the hangman is there has to be a death. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like, um, one way to describe the is like those ultra long distance marathon runners,
4: mm-hmm.
3: when they, they think they're going to die, or you're doing breath work like we do with, yeah. with uh, Sarah, yeah. and you think, <laughs> I'm going to think I'm going to die. And then you, you, tra- you transcend that. Yeah. And that's what really the death is about is like all the stuff you don't need falls away so that you're reborn with temperance. And that's the last mm-hmm. card of the mind. And temperance is basically understanding the dark and the light and mm-hmm. being able to balance them both mentally. So you have to go to some pretty intense places to do that.
2: What are the zodiac signs
3: on this card? So we got Capricorn, we have, um, that's Scorpio again. Ah, okay. mm-hmm. As well as Sagittarius in there, up at the top. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that, that's the second mm-hmm. layer, and now we're going to go into the third layer. The third level is the spiritual transformation. Okay. So it gets pretty dark at first because we start with the devil.
2: <laughs> that's the card I'm always afraid that's gonna come up.
3: <laughs> so everyone's afraid of the devil, but the beautiful thing with the devil is the devil takes you to the chief feature or the chief obstacle in your life. So if the devil card comes up, I can inspire people by saying, you know, you're going to be faced with that chief thing in your life and you have an opportunity to look at it mm-hmm. with a new Perspective. Mm-hmm. It also can come up if somebody's overindulgent mm-hmm. and they know better. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been sort of like, yeah, "I shouldn't have been binge partying, but yeah, <laughs> I did it anyway. I'm going to keep doing it." And I'm like, "Well, tarot cards are saying you might not want to." <laughs> uh, of course, the devils are ruled by Capricorn and Saturn. Saturn is at home in Capricorn, mm-hmm. so very much gets whip cracky pretty quickly yeah, in there. Yeah. Yes, um, and so it's uh, it's a way of basically. Uh, pointing us to the things that are, are limiting us in life. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the devil card is that the, the prisoners of the devil wear their chains voluntarily. Mm-hmm. So they have the power to cast those chains off whenever they want to. They just yeah. like the sort of the smoky sort of like, you know.
2: <laughs> the cool <laughs> people hang out down here.
3: <laughs> I heard, it, I heard it, it's described as like a warm cocoon.
4: Okay. It's like
3: it's sunny outside but you want to stay in the warm, moist cocoon. And yeah. You just want to like Lounge in your shame sauce. (laughs) Shame
4: sauce. That's it. Yeah.
3: Um, But essentially, the the blasted tower is Mm -hmm. the next card here. And this one's intense because the tower, it's meant to symbolize the Tower of Babel, that which was built by ego and is struck down by the universe. Mm -hmm. So basically, the hand of God strikes down the Tower of Babel in the old-timey symbolism. Mm -hmm. But what's really happening here is it's the... Construct that basically is crystallized around our soul. That in order to liberate us, we have to basically shed ourselves, but mm-hmm. to shed ourselves and the things we're energetically tethered to that prevent us from being the full expression of who we are. Mm-hmm. After the blasted tower, we arrive at the star, and the star is that beautiful, crystalline, innocent essence that we have when there's nothing you know, no ego left. It's just the star is just sitting there. It's uh, so. <laughs> beautiful woman at the pond just playing with the water just yeah. kind of a languishing in nature but it's sort of this real spiritual essence and it's actually got all of the planets mm-hmm. which is really cool uh the next one is the sun so the sun is the is probably the what new they call new beginnings card not just new beginnings no. it's just this brightness it's just like you're yeah. in for good fortune essentially ah, so the sun is considered often considered the best card to draw because whatever's happening, you're going to prosper. It's going to go easy. Like, you're ready to, there. It's basically, once you sh- cast away all that, mm-hmm. you know, if you've ever had an experience where, like, it's a dark night of the soul and the sun yeah. rises, it's just like, in your life afterwards it's like, wow. <laughs> there you go. There's that thing that bestows life and gives nourishment and gives everything we need. Yeah. And so we, we look to the sun. Now, the counterpart to the sun, and the way I like to see this, is the sun is your alignment, mm-hmm. is your purpose. The moon is the depth of that.
4: Okay. The moon yeah. is ruled
3: by Pisces. Mm-hmm. Pisces is very much the dream world, the spirit world. So the moon is basically learning to navigate the spirit world, and it can be an endless process. This is to be full of delusions that come, but your alignment with your sun, with your solar mission is what will guide you through the delusions of the spirit world. Mm-hmm. The things that can change form the astral world. Yeah. Um, and then finally you arrive at the last judgment. So anything else that remains is basically brought to the light of day. It's not like it looks pretty grim, but it's not mm-hmm. because it's ruled by Uranus. And Uranus is the great um, transformer through fracturing. So it's basically like fracturing that which is left like a, a perfect cut of a diamond to give mm-hmm. it that last correction.
2: There's a coffin on here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Was well, actually something rising from a coffin.
4: Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> and then
3: finally, after that, we become one with the universe. Mm-hmm. We become one with the flow of creation. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing left to obstruct us. And um, the way that I see this too is that's one level. And then, of course, it can repeat again. So yeah. any sort of thing you're doing can go through this process. Mm-hmm. In the ancient mystery schools too, they there's two um, very, very powerful laws, the law of three and the law of seven. You know, the law of one, (laughs) the law of three is basically that of the active force, the uh, receptive force, and then the neutralization between the two, or basically polarity, Mm -hmm. active, passive, and then the force that basically reconciles the two. And that's Mm -hmm. with the... The pendulum. Yeah, it's the pendulum, but that's also the highest order of the universe. And if you Mm -hmm. think about how the universe works as a whole, it's basically got galaxies and mega clusters moving away from each other and then galaxies and mega clusters moving towards each other yeah. that's pretty much like if you took a, a big look at the of ga- the universe that's what you would see yeah and so that's sort of how forces work at that level um, but sort of there's a, a you know there's there's three there and that's very much related to that in our mm-hmm. own dynamic. there's our active our passive and a sort of reconciling the force and then the other three one seven? is is the, the seven and, yeah. and that's very much the chakras mm-hmm. you know because um, the, the seven days as mm-hmm. well. The, the number seven seems to be in the matrix, mm-hmm. the actual order of things, right. the way that things actually happen. Mm-hmm. They occur in, in seven tones, like mm-hmm. in a major scale, mm-hmm. essentially. And the more that you look, it's, it's kind of hard to really describe it. It has to be intuitively grasped yeah. and what that really means for you. But the, um, the, the combination of seven and three um, basically form this, and they form a lot of very uh, powerful and highly regarded sacred symbolism. Like the enneagram in its its original form, not in the personality form. Mm -hmm. Original form. It was used as a tool of divining one's ascension of vibration
4: Mm
3: -hmm. through whatever they were doing. Yes.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Well, now that we've got like kind of a, a a deep read on each one of these cards.
3: You're ready to give
4: me a reading. Well, yes, I
3: haven't even talked about the minor tarot. Oh, the
2: minor. Let's yeah. go to the minor. So the minor
3: will keep it simple. I don't need to lay them all out.
2: Yeah, he's got like another hundred cards in his hand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the uh, you got your ace through ten, and you've mm-hmm. got your court cards.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, in this deck, we have princesses as well, mm-hmm. so we don't always have the court cards. You know, like um, are
2: you seeing court cards? Court cards, okay.
3: Jack. Oh yeah, king, okay, that yeah. kind of thing. So we don't have it exactly like that. Mm -hmm. But these actually are not so much the spiritual progression, they're more the energies Uh day-to-day. They're more the energies related to starting activities, Uh um, new thought processes, that type of thing. So they're more mundane, practical, Mm -hmm. day-to-day stuff. And then the major arcana covers our spiritual progression.
4: Ah, okay. Yeah, so what I'll do,
3: though, I won't go through the minor arcana in too much detail, aside from saying this... that is linked to astrology and it is linked to the four elements mm-hmm. and we, we did kind of cover that before
4: mm-hmm.
3: um cards two three and four um whatever suit it is mm-hmm. so it's, it's going to be you know it, so if it's of uh, wands mm-hmm. it'll be fire so mm-hmm. it'll be your leo your sagittarius your aries oh, okay. and, and in astrology we have cardinal fixed and mutable mm-hmm. what that means is it's kind of like a paper airplane the initiating force of throwing the airplane. Mm-hmm. The fixed—that's the cardinal. The fixed is when the airplane's uh, soaring, mm-hmm. and the mutable is when it loses its energy and mm-hmm. it starts to descend. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the way that the, the signs work too. So mm-hmm. cards two, three, four are the cardinal sign, which is in fire. It's Aries. Aries yeah. one. Yeah. You know. Uh, Five of six seven is Leo, which is the uh, fixed. And So Leo's is like, ah, I'm in my own element. I'm doing my <laughs> own thing, but you can't tell me any different. I'm self-expressing. <laughs> and then uh, the mutable is the uh, eight, nine, ten, and that Sagittarius is had, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about yeah. that. I want to go there. I want to go there as well. Oh, well, that's a great idea. It's all truth. We're all one. Namaste. <laughs> um, and, and it's like that for the other cards too. For your, your water, your air. So when you understand astrology at a, at a deeper level, you can get, a, again, a deeper layer of reading mm-hmm. on this. So the way I like to think about it is you know, there's people who are very intuitive, that are very, just very good at reading people and mm-hmm. very psychic, yeah. and they just naturally fall into the play. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who've got very um, strong minds that need to focus on something so mm-hmm. the mind doesn't get up in trouble. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that like to go deeper tarot.
4: You're a little bit of both then, I'm a little bit of both, yeah.
3: Um, I think uh, tarot mellowed me out a bit too Uh because it really, I had strong beliefs about things and using this and working with people. I understand different types of people much better. Mm. I understand people's yearnings, where they want to do, and it's all kind of the same in the end. You just have different ways of getting there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So before you pull this out, um, I the, the very brief knowledge that I have on tarot cards is like what is what are the Pentacles? What are the Cups? What are the Wands? Are they is that what you're talking about? The mutable? The nope, no. Okay. So those
3: are our elements. Okay. Pentacle is Earth. Um, what is a Pentacle? Is it's a sword? coin.
2: Oh, it's a coin. Yeah, it's okay. a coin. It's,
3: it's a really <laughs> obscure old time <Yeah. laughs> way of <to> saying coin. <laughs> then we have uh, Cups, uh-huh. and Cups are oh, the water. Cups, yeah yes. I think everybody knows what a cup is as well. It has not changed. It's not an old-timey expression for like a wagon or something. Um, and then we have wands. Uh, wand is literally, it's, it's people holding sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and wand is fire. Wand, okay. wand is like one's will, really. And then the air uh-huh. is swords. Swords, okay. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the intellect and the mind. Okay. So, yeah, just to, so pentacles is your resources.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, cups is your emotions and in your intuitive mm-hmm. sense. Your wands is your will, your drive, your alignment with the sun, your Mm -hmm. solar mission. And your air is your intellect and your mind.
2: The air is swords. Yes. Yes, exactly.
3: So with this, I'm going to just talk a little bit about actually giving somebody a reading. So in this case here, you're my querent, as we call it. Querent. Querent, yes. You're the querent. You've come with me with a query. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm the reader, yes. essentially. And um, unfortunately, I don't know anything about you really yeah. other than, you know, you know, about half an hour of giggling and laughing and yeah. saying where we're from. <laughs> so, if it was as a friend, I can usually lean off of things I already know about mm-hmm. them, so, and just sort of bring them out with a little bit more wisdom. Yeah. You know, because... It,
2: he doesn't know me at all. No, not really.
3: <laughs> so, my heart's kind of pounding here because there's uh, 15,000 more <laughs> listeners that might be hearing this. Am I going to get it wrong? She's like, no. I'm not from there. I'm kidding. I'll uh,
4: be um, gentle. <laughs>
3: basically, the, the way I like to do this is there's uh, a number of different spreads. I, I've made up my own spreads that yeah. work. They, they just work. And the yeah. reason why they work is fascinating. I'll tell you why. Is because your subconscious mind knows the orientation of all these cards, mm-hmm. and it's in con- communication with my subconscious mind, mm-hmm. because these cards are consciousness, mm-hmm. and they already know their own orientation, and they're speaking to me at a level I'm not aware of, and they're speaking to you at a level you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. If you're you, you're a medium, right? So you understand guides and other entities yeah. come into play too. They're the ones that kind of move the hand and do the sort of the randomizer effect to bring about the desired result. Yeah. So really, what I like to say is. That our subconscious mind already knows what it needs. So mm-hmm. it's a way to communicate our subconscious or deeper yearnings with that of our conscious mind.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Sure. And so there's many different spreads. I'm going to give you one that's detailed and one that most readers would use. Mm-hmm. It's called the Celtic Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does is it basically takes a person from where they're currently at and shows them a possible outcome. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a particular question that you'd like, um, as a querent? Do you have a query?
2: <laughs> my first thing. Let's let's go to uh, love. Why not? That's the most. Okay, what do you want to know one. about
3: love? Uh,
2: I'm currently single, so like, what's what's my path for love?
3: What is your path? What do you need to know about love in your life?
2: I, I didn't even know you could get the specific.
3: Yes. Um, can Can
2: I ask the timeline? You can't ask timeline, can you?
3: Uh, these cards don't really know assignment. time. They don't have yeah. time. They What's do. What's a energy. good
2: question to ask then that would be? Because I know for like my energy cards, there's certain questions you can't really ask mm-hmm. if it's a if it's really highly specific. Uh, I see. Um, but I don't know how tarot
4: works. So okay. So in that sense,
3: you could say if you, if you you want to bring in love, mm-hmm. I guess that's what it would be. Yes. So you could say, what do I need to know uh, to bring love into?
2: Boom. I love that question. I love that. Okay, so keep that as your intention. <laughs> okay.
3: I'm just going to flick off the energy from the last reading I did, whenever that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to get you to hold your intention and shuffle. Okay. So you're putting your energy into the cards right now, um, and you're, you're sort of bestowing it. I do these readings over Skype as well.
4: Yeah.
3: And um, basically, I just hold the deck up, and I get them to focus on the deck. Yeah. And then, it, it, funny enough, it has the same result. I've done very, very accurate tarot readings remotely. Although some readers won't do that, but I'm, I'm sort of part of this millennial generation (laughs) or or, or, what is it? The zillennial, like this sort of (laughs) weird transition period. So, you know, technology is kind of cool, but at the same time, I was kind of old timey. Cool. All right. So we're going to go with this. What does, what do you need to basically bring love into your life? What do you need to know about bringing love into your life? So I'm going to get you to pick. Okay. 11 cards. 11? Yeah, 11 cards. cards. Okay. Just pick them one at a time and I'll start to lay them out for you. That's number one. That's number two.
2: Do you want me to flip them? Do you read reversals?
3: Um, no, I'm not going to read reversals. Okay. I'm just going to. Five.
2: Sorry, we're like being really quiet. <laughs> yeah, we're being quiet as she's pulling the cards. cards. <laughs> <We're getting some
3: laughs> background music right now. <laughs> and then we're going to get 1234 one, two, three, four.
2: One. Mm-hmm.
4: Two. No! <laughs> I got the double card. <laughs>
2: Three. Voila! Voila! All right, so he's arranging them currently.
3: Mm-hmm. So the other thing, too, is that sometimes cards can be, like, here you ask about love, and it's showing the hermit, and that, mm-hmm. that's a bit strange for that kind of a question, so we can add what are called clarified yep. cards. So I can do that, because there might be a deeper meaning. Actually, I would suggest that. I hate telling people things like, oh, the hermit means you're going to be single. That's not true. <laughs> That's like the the dumbest thing anyone can say. Um, Because I don't want to shape your judgment about things. Mm -hmm. I just want to basically expose the forces. So right now, in your self position is what's called the king of pentacles. Mm -hmm. And so the king of pentacles symbolizes sort of a perfection of sort of earthly success. There's a lot of Taurus energy and there's a bit of Aries in there. So there was a real drive to get you somewhere. I would say to probably come to Bali and to be doing what you're doing. You've experienced a lot of success. There's a magnetism. Taurus is very magnetizing. Taurus draws uh-huh. in resources, right? So that ability to just kind of be on an upswing, mm-hmm. like material and light, like business wise, that kind of thing. Yes. You're really sort of you're in, you're in a hot place right now for that, and sort of um, in a way, sometimes you're. Uh, your your girl GPS, your woman womanly instincts, <laughs> they might sort of take a back seat as
4: mm-hmm. a result.
3: So that's where the the high priestess can come in. Even though you're, uh, you know, you you work in the psychic field, you know, sometimes for yourself, you might find that you're not even tuning into your own wisdom because you might be clouded by sometimes the material success or business mm-hmm. or resource constraints and that type of thing, or what mm. what re- you're letting the, the Need for resources to direct your life over using your own intuition and just sort of finding that trust. Mm-hmm. Um, re- really cool here in your recent past, though, you have been the magician. You know, you basically weave this magical life. Everything's kind of fallen into place. You've kind of got what you needed mm-hmm. and you've sort of rolled with that. You've also learned, too, some deeper secrets to kind of about how things work. So kind of mm-hmm. fine-tuning your abundance frequency mm-hmm. and getting that working for you. Just Working on that. <laughs> Um, and then the, the next thing here is actually very interesting because we have the king of pentacles in the self, the self position. The next one is actually the queen of pentacles. So your near future seems to suggest that you're going to kind of fall into this really cool way of merging the two things that are in conflict right now. So your mm-hmm. feminine wisdom with that sort of masculine drive for resources, mm-hmm. they're going to kind of merge into a very kind of eloquent and very prosperous way to do things. So it's, it's about I knew that. yeah it's about having that abundance, <laughs> uh-huh. but at the same time, really kind of honing in on the intuition and really sort of knowing the direction you know you want to go yeah. in life with that, and yeah. then using those resources sort of intuitively mm-hmm. and and also gathering them intuitively as well. So the uh, four of swords is the Lord of Rest from Strife, and what that means, the Lord of Rest from Strife, it's usually, um indicative of basically you're taking a break from something and that's a really needed break in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways because um it can be very mentally taxing and so you you taking that break allows you the respite you need the rest you need Mm -hmm. and so it allows you to sort of just like you know stepping out like basically if you get in an argument with somebody and you leave the room that's sort of that vibe Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be negative necessarily it just means that if you're working on something and it kind of needed a bit of time to digest, you, you kind of leave that. So I'm got thinking, an argument
2: with my job and I left it.
3: <laughs> there you go. That's exactly. And now you're probably I'm in Bali
2: doing nothing. <laughs> there you
3: go. That's perfect. Yeah. So I, I, I'm talking about the energy because I don't know exactly about what's going on, but yeah. she's filling the details of what's happening in her life. Yes. Um, in with that. So that's the perfect thing. You're, you're taking a rest from being, you know, a career uh, woman and basically traveling a bit, kind of getting new perspectives.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then, the the thing that's kind of brewing underneath, just to be cautious of, is the uh, seven of swords, and so it's finding a balance with this because there's a lot of instability there, mm-hmm. and that so there can be some fears that come up around that, um, big time, right? Yeah. As you're you're stepping into this world of the magician, stepping out of work and into sort of like. I'm in Bali, I'm loving life. But at the same time, there's probably little thoughts coming into your head like, you know, what am I going to do about money? What am I going to do about resources? Where am I heading in life? Those kind of little things are coming yeah. up. Uh, what you need to know to reconcile that is that everything is happening when it happens and as it needs to happen. And it's finding this stability on a much smaller scale. It's kind of rolling with that intuition mm-hmm. a little bit more. Not worrying too much about the resources, trusting, you know, the universe doesn't leave us in the gutter. Yeah. It always kind of picks us up. Yeah. Um in a way on a deeper level you might not even conscious of this, um it's the lord of perfected success. so this is how you how you, you know your your self sees yourself, your higher self sees mm-hmm. you and I was like, yeah, I five, out
4: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. you quit that job, you get out of here. You you go for a, um, um, a stroll mm-hmm. and uh the the beauty of of that card is that sort of your your you're, you're magnetic because your emotions are filled. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of the, the, the good times that have probably, I'm guessing there's been a lot of great times recently, and you're just sort of like on the <laughs> yeah, ball, buddy. meeting people. I met this cool guy, and all of a sudden he wants to do a tarot podcast thing. You know, when, <laughs> we were 15,000 days ago. Now we're 16,000. Like, it's just
4: like, yeah, a million. I'm rocking
3: it. And feeling good. Yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the, the cautionary thing here is that other people might see you as being to um you know anybody who might not see i'm getting this is probably more people back home they might be like what the hell are you doing kind of thing yeah some people in your life and it's important not to listen to them Mm -hmm. because that kind of those kind of judgments you know they they might see you as being reckless or they might perceive you as being indulgent or something but Mm -hmm. you you know you're sort of aligning with something deeper or or you're starting to learn that at least you probably thought this is like i'm just going to go on hiatus but there's actually a deeper undercurrent that's basically emerging for you.
2: Bruh. I, and I thought this was a vacation and I'm like, I've been working so much <laughs> on the new projects and the new things.
3: Exactly. Um, yeah. And the thing here is that uh, the Knight of Pentacles is in this position. So that project that you're working on right mm-hmm. now, it's slow and steady. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that you're just going to have to... Align with that energy, you will be kept alive, you can trust. <laughs> but the project itself, it needs a little bit of incubation time to really kind of get rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, what the, this card's saying now, as this has kind of become apparent, is that in order that it's, it's almost like um, for you to really find that optimal alignment of love,
4: mm-hmm.
3: it does require a bit of introspection first. Mm-hmm. It does require taking that period of time. And this is actually these travels and, you know, going to Paris, this is sort of a new paradigm for you Mm -hmm. and a new sort of like way of working and kind of being in the flow. Mm -hmm. So give it time to unfold. Give the process, give it, let the process sort of guide you in a way, because right now everything can kind of look a bit chaotic. When you kind of hit that longer current of things, you realize, oh, wow, there's a deeper flow Mm -hmm. that's happening here. I can, if you want, I can ask, I don't like to do too many clarifiers, but I can do a clarifier on that hermit, or we can just yep. ask, "Yo, what's the <laughs> who's the dude?
2: <laughs> what's the what's the dude?" Or anything. I'm always like, just trying not to get too specific because I'm like, universe, what do you want to tell me? Uh-huh. Well, that's an interesting Ooh,
3: card. This this Lord of Harmonious Change.
4: Ah, uh, yes.
3: So the, the kind of guy you're going to attract is is going to be somebody who really gets excited about what you do, and it kind of fits with what he does in mm-hmm. a way, and so you guys really prosper together.
2: My yeah. equal and capable partner. There you go. We've been so talking it, about that. That card is so spot on for that.
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but in order for that to happen, of course, and this is where I empower people with the tarot. Mm-hmm. I don't try to limit them at all. Yeah. I empower them by saying, you know, I would highly advise you you take some time for introspection.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, because
3: that's really going to distill all those rough edges, maybe that you know you're, you might be holding on to from mm-hmm. past experiences, past relationships. You know, working a job that, that made you quit. To get to that point where you're like, F this, I'm quitting, I'm leaving, you know, there's usually a lot of emotion behind that, yeah. right? So it's important that that has space to kind of come out and, and sort of express itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and that done sort of in, in a state of introspection leads to that deeper self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously work as a medium, so the, the, the spiritual worlds are, are very easy for you. Sometimes it's the emotional stuff that can really sort of,
4: yeah, uh, you know...
3: Um, <laughs> But that's the thing too that gets in the way of relationships yeah right Is, is it's the emotional stuff you know two people could be you know, spiritual juggernauts and they come together and it's just
4: like you didn't clean the dishes <laughs>
3: I'm pissed off
2: <laughs> when you get into the material world yeah
3: exactly it's, it's navigating all the planes yes yeah. I
2: love that I feel like that was totally spot on and um, I did kind of quit a job my, my boss was such a bitch I'm, I'm the boss <laughs> I was self-employed I was a photographer, mm-hmm. as some of my audience already knows, and decided that I wasn't going to shoot to the capacity anymore and try to put more work into this stuff, mm-hmm. for sure, so I can be more on the path I know that was calling me there. Um, the the bouncing spot on. This thing, spot on. I, I the devil card. <laughs> um, right there The Lord of Gates master. And then the filling up of the cups. Me being here in Bali, for sure. Um, being around all these amazing people and just feeling like emotionally welled up by or filled up by um, what it is that i've been learning emotionally it's it's a really cool way to i would say in a in a reading a card reading specifically it feels like a really great way to just look inward
3: mm-hmm. i
2: could give <clears throat> yourself or, give yourself give yourself a way to reflect
3: the other thing too is you pointed out that there's some cards that really popped for you yeah and I want to address that because that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing an 11 card spread here, mm-hmm. 12 with this one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're like that one, that one, that one, that one. So there's yeah. four of them that really kind of click with you. Yeah. And so those ones in the whole thing are the ones that probably have the most significance. Because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, that's affirming. That's right too. But this one really, like, you know, um, like the four of swords, there's a deeper insight there. Mm-hmm. So I, if I do it in person, I usually get people to take a picture. Yeah. And I say, you know, those ones, you remember, like meditate on it. Read up about that card. Yeah. Because that rests from strife. For instance, it's like if you get that thought that comes in your head, like, oh, you should be, you know, going back into your business or anything. It's like, no, I'm aware mm-hmm. I need to take a break mm-hmm. and I need to remind myself of that. So yeah. I often tell people to remind themselves of what came up during it.
2: Yeah. Very cool. This is so awesome. David, thank you so much for one, giving me a free reading, uh, <laughs> but also being on the show and sharing your wisdom. Now, if there is, um, what's a lasting thought you would like to leave our audience about Tarot or something that people should know or a myth you'd like to dispel, like what's the last thing you would leave them with?
3: Tarot is a beautiful path for learning how to unwind the matrix from your soul hmm. and really expose that deep gem of awesomeness that you have deep inside of you.
2: I fucking love it. Don't you just love like passionate people? This this guy is so cool. Uh, last but not least can you tell people where to find you
3: totally um i'm not a social media buff yet but i do have social media accounts um but you can find me on my website www.thebladeandchalice.com also very um you know appropriate for tarot as it's the swords and the cups <laughs> but it's much deeper than that you know i my slogan is uh divining one's life purpose and aligning them with it mm. so i, I tarot is one of the the skills and one of the modalities that i use to really help people align with their soul's desire I
4: love
3: and it. it's just all about empowering people but also you know i've got a lot of uh scorpio energy in Me, i don't <laughs> mind getting dark i don't mind getting in there and figuring out the you know, airing out the closet and really getting to the bottom part of the matter. And yeah. I feel that that depth really sets me apart and having spiritual maturity. Yeah. You know, really having a, a, a strong understanding of a lot of the great traditions that have existed on earth mm-hmm. and knowing how to work with them in the modern day. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, people visit there. They can shoot me an email on contact at thebladeandchalice.com. Or just hang out on my website and read some of my blog posts and check it out.
2: Yeah. And he does online readings, guys. So definitely check him out. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. (laughs) Another episode. And we will see you in the next one. See you later.
0: Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.eventure.com thelovelyaliyah.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyaliyah for daily content and
2: inspiration.